Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our lesson today comes from the letter to the Galatians, chapter 6, verses 2 through 10. Hear with me now the reading of the words of the Lord. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks they are something, then they are nothing if they deceive themselves. Each one should test his own actions, then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share good things with the instructors. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. We reap what we sow. The one who sows to please their sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all the people, especially those who do belong in the family of believers. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we gather once again. We gather to worship and to praise you, and as we hear your words sung, as we hear your words read, as we hear your words speak to our hearts, transform us, O Lord, that no matter where we are in this world today, that we would be transformed into not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name, we now pray. Amen. When I first started in ministry, computers were not really commonplace in churches. And over the next couple of years, churches began to have one computer in the office, and then two, then three, and then all of a sudden computer networks started to appear. And being the youngest person on staff in that first church, I became the de facto IT person. And then later I moved to an organization where once again I was the youngest person and I was the first IT responder. And then eventually to an appointment where it was now part of my job description. And so I have a great appreciation for the IT team here at Centenary. I'm going to tell you, over the last three weeks, we have been figuring out new ways of doing ministry with IT, and John Rogers, our IT director, is doing a fabulous job. Uh, Today up in the crow's nest, we have Philip Henderson and Rick Gibbons. They are making sure that everything flows perfectly so that we are able to connect and to communicate. But as I was taking on that IT role first in that church because I was the youngest and then as a job description, I learned one irrefutable law of IT. Before you try anything else, before you figure out coding first, reboot. 
I can't tell you the number of coworkers that would come to me and would say, I can't get my computer to work, it's stuck, it's frozen, da-da-da-da-da, whatever, the printer won't work. I said, did you reboot it? No. I said, let's try that first. If you still have trouble, we'll go from there. You all know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, my guess is this week you're going to figure it out because by this week, everybody will be distance learning. College students, all home from spring break. Our school students, our secondary and elementary school students, all learning by distance learning. Every meeting that we seem to have nowadays is going to be on some webcast, some video conference. So we're all going to be live streaming life, not to mention watching Netflix or Hulu. So my guess is somewhere along the line, the Internet's going to get slow. Our computers are going to freeze up. Or maybe they're just going to turn slowly or the printer's going to lose connection or heavens to Betsy, Netflix just crashes. But take a deep breath. It's not all lost. Try that first IT rule. Take a deep breath and reboot. Now, if that doesn't work, don't panic. Take two deep breaths and do the hard reboot. You know, that's the one where you shut everything down you unplug it from the wall, you count to five Mississippi as if you are from Mississippi, and you do that, and then you plug everything back in and start it back up. Chances are high that the hard reboot will work. See, I think rebooting is going to be sort of the order of the day for us for the next month or so. Paul, as he's writing to the Galatian church, he's writing to encourage them to help them keep the faith and to keep doing the good work that they're doing. That's why he says things like carry each other's burdens. Don't compare yourselves to others. You're fine just the way you are. Share God's good word if you have learned it. Share what you have learned from those that have taught you, but share it with the world. Seek to please God by sowing good seed. But I love what's in verse 10. Therefore, let us do good to all people. Essentially, what Paul is writing to the church in Galatia is encouraging them to sort of reboot the culture upon which the church is growing in. The culture upon which they find themselves to reboot it and to turn back to this idea of what God really wants for the world. He said, I think this idea of rebooting the church applies to you and me as well. It applies to our life as we find ourselves these days. I mean, the season of Lent is that 40-day period in which we sort of have ponder our relationship with God. It's a time of introspection. It re- we remember those 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness really understanding his relationship with God and his ministry on earth. You have to admit and have to agree with me that this is probably the strangest Lent that we have ever lived through. I mean, most people think about giving up things for Lent like, oh, I'll give up chocolate or I'll give up cussing or alcohol or meat or tact. But how many people really thought that what we would give up for Lent this year was going to church physically by being physically here in God's house? This is the weirdest thing to be here in worship with you but you're not in here with me. We have essentially given it up, being here in God's house. 
And so for the last couple of weeks, some of us have already been starting to practice that, that social distancing or, la or limiting physical contact. And then the governor shared with us the new stay-at-home rules for the next 30 days. I mean, when you think about it, we are finding ourselves in a 40-day wilderness of our own where we are really pulled back from the world physically as we know it, and we are left in a lot of ways to our own devices in our homes with limited contact to others. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to reboot our spiritual lives, to reboot our relationship with God, much in the same way that Jesus did when he went into the wilderness. So maybe what we should do is later today, just turn off the TV, shut down Netflix, shut down the TV news, shut down the devices, and go outside. Sit on the front porch or the back deck or in the screened-in porch or out in the yard and just close our eyes and listen. Just listen. And what if we did that every day for the next 30 days? What if at the, either at the start of our day or in the middle of the day or at the end of the day, after the last conference call or the last online lesson, if we just shut all the technology down and we went outside and we just listened for God to speak to us? In the silence to not be distracted by the things of this world and instead to be listening and focused on what God is saying to us, what God is providing for us. And maybe in that moment of listening that we are drawn closer to God and realize what matters most is that relationship. And in the process of that, we reboot our relationship with God. And as we reboot that relationship with God, maybe then we begin to think about how it reboots our relationship, our outward expression of that relationship with the world around us. About a year ago, I was sorting through the mail in my office and I had a, a letter that was addressed to the minister at Centenary. And it was from an address in Stockton, California. I thought, well, this is interesting. So I slit the envelope open, and inside is a vintage postcard of this sanctuary building, Take, uh, drawn or taken out from the street. And then there, there's a letter from a man by the name of Lol Yeorg, 90 years old. So I had to Google him a little bit to find out about him, and, he, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But he said in this letter, he says, so I have this hobby where I go to antique stores and whatever, and when I find an interesting-looking postcard, of a building or of a school or of a church, I go home and I Google it on the internet and find out what I can about that place. And then I send it to the leader of that organization so they would have it thinking they might want this postcard. And then he goes on to say in the letter, he says, you know, it cost me three bucks. You know, if you want to send me four or five bucks back for postage, that would be great. My daughter thinks it's crazy that no one will ever send me money back for this because they didn't ask for it. Um, she also tells me that you can Google me if you want to. So, of course, I Googled him and found out that he's been doing this for years. There's a long story about him. And so he, he finds these postcards and he sends them out to places. And his words were, it's a hobby that I have just to redistribute happiness in the world. Of course, I sent him five bucks. 
I thought, you know what? If it repays his postage, repays by the postcard, and he can do that for someone else, go to another trade show or another antique show and find more postcards and spread that happiness, how wonderful the world would be. What if you and I took this wilderness time, these next 30 days, to reboot our outward expressions of God's love and happiness? What if we really looked at those three rules that John Wesley really believed in? We already talked about maybe this idea of growing closer to God, but what if we did them to do no harm, but more importantly, to just do good to others? Those of us that aren't in the at-risk group, as we go to the grocery store to stock up with provisions for our homes, what if we called people in our neighborhoods or along our route that we knew and said, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Can I pick up something for you? Offer to run an errand for those that were at risk. Or if we were out taking a walk and we noticed that some of those folks that were at risk weren't coming out of their homes, maybe just to kind of pick up the sticks in their yard or drop their newspaper on their porch for them to help alleviate their fears of contracting the coronavirus. Or what if we, to spread this idea of happiness, what if we sent them an email or just picked up the phone and gave them a call to say, how are you doing today? Just connected with them. What if we rebooted the way we dealt with the world to bring a little bit of happiness in it, even in these times of such upheaval and uncertainty, even as we find ourselves wandering in the wilderness? But while we're doing that, I wonder if we would ponder how we might reboot our definition of community. I like wildflowers and we have for years planted wildflowers in our yard. I can remember the year that we took some gooseneck that had grown in my great grandmother's yard and we had been transplanted in my parents' yard and we took it from there and planted in our yard in the first place we lived in Thomasville. Within a season, the gooseneck had gone from one stalk of gooseneck to a whole yard, to a whole bed full of it. We'd also planted some red flowers over on the side to attract hummingbirds, and they were the type of wildflowers that spread as well. And a little May apple back up in the woods. And so by the end of that season, we had these wildflowers taking over parts of the yard. But next year, the yard was full of gooseneck and these red wildflowers and the May apple. And I got thinking about it in a lot of ways. Isn't that how we build the kingdom of God? By spreading God's love amongst others and sharing it with others, inviting others to be a part of it, to be in community with us. And so even while we're in this wilderness period where we're to practice social distancing and be away from each other, what if maybe we decided to have a different type of conference call? Use Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook groups or something like that and did a lot of things and invited friends of ours that we know that are isolated and lonely and invited them to dial in, if you will, and had just maybe a 30-minute, 45-minute sort of bull session where we sat around and we just sort of talked and caught up with each other and saw how we were getting along, asked how we could be praying for each other, how we could be looking out for each other as we talked through life in general. We don't have to spend all day on the screen by any stretch of imagination, but just 30 minutes in some kind of community like that can make a difference 
in the lives of folks who are so isolated right now. But even yet, we can build community by inviting others to join us in worship. And even though we are in our homes, what if you reached out to those that needed a good word, needed to hear a song like, how can I keep from singing? What if we needed new folks that needed that and you just wrote, emailed them or called them and said, hey, don't forget my church is doing live stream. Join us in worship. And then later in the week, you called them to follow up and said, hey, did you catch live stream on Sunday? Did you catch the, the, the recording of it and play it this week when you wanted to? That was really interesting what we heard. Or didn't you like the music or what about the prayers? Just to bring up something to build that connection, to build that bridge so that we build community. Because I think when we're done with this wilderness period, when the doors are open and you are all able to come back here, I imagine that we will be full to the rafters and I can't wait for that. Believe you me, it is the strangest thing. I mean, I love my coworkers, but there are 10 of us in the building today and that's it. This place is empty. We love being together, but we love being together with you. So imagine if we began to build this idea of community now so that when the doors are open and life is able to renew again, imagine what it would look like when this all passes, that the church is stronger than ever before, that the kingdom of God has more impact than it ever has because now more than ever, the world needs us and needs the lessons that we share. And so while we reboot our spiritual lives, while we reboot our outward expressions of God's love, we reboot this idea of community and relationship by sharing the good news with each other, by doing just what it says in the text. Those of you that have heard the good news must share it. Do good to all the people you can. Bear one another's burdens. So I hope that today that we begin to change sort of our thoughts about all of what we've got to do over the next 30 days about this, this social isolation and that we don't see it as a restriction, but that we see it as an opportunity that is a challenge to us to reboot our lives, our relationship with God, our relationship with the world and the community of faith the world over. So let us today Rejoice with the blessings that God has given us and let us just take a deep breath and reboot. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.